0: After photographing for the past 18 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you'll find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take about the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast friends. You are in for a treat today. I am excited to introduce you to Laura from Spark Bridal Boutique. If you are searching for that perfect bridal gown to look and feel fabulous, this is the podcast for you. Laura will take you on an honest journey about all things to do with bridal gowns. We will talk about trends, styles, pricing, how to start searching for a bridal gown, what to expect, at your bridal gown appointment so sit back and relax and enjoy my conversation with Laura as we talk all things bridal gown aka that once-in-a-lifetime gown you will always remember wearing well
1: hello Laura how Hi. are you I'm great how are you
0: thanks for joining us today
1: yes thank you for having me
0: I'm excited to have you on the show when Dan um, Our producer told me that you were interested in coming on. I said, this is perfect because what girl does not look forward and dream about her wedding gown? It's definitely a big part of it. Absolutely. a big part of the whole wedding experience. Absolutely. So I think we should just dive right in. Sure. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and what you do in your business?
1: Sure. My name is Laura. I um, opened the business along with my mom, Kim, so we are a team, um, in the spring of 2015. So the business is about six years old, um, but it did take quite a few years of planning and, you know research to really put it together and get it started in 2015, but when we did, we definitely hit the ground running. Um, So we serve all brides um, who are looking for a wedding gown with different shapes, different styles, different ages, whatever they're looking for. We really do have a wonderful selection in the boutique at this time. Um, We have sizes zero to 32, and we have a quite great selection of price ranges as well. Awesome. So, how long have you been in business for? About 6 years. Okay, great. So, um
0: and right now you only specialize in obviously the bridal
1: gown. So that is like your, your specialty. Exactly. We specialize in all things bride. So we do bridal gown, we do veils, we do accessories, jewelry, that kind of thing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, why
0: don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the process of picking out a their their bridal gown?
1: Yeah. Sure, because it it can be um, something that brides feel a lot of pressure surrounding this appointment. Um, I think the best thing to do is to start by just kind of looking at images online, um, on Pinterest, on Google, on our website, um, about different shapes that draw them. And shape is the one thing you really want to nail first, but sometimes you don't do that until you really just try. Um, But basically, what draws them? What kind of appliques draw them? What kind of sparkle draws them? What necklines? What colors? Um, And when they come in for the appointment, if they have those pictures available for me, it'll really help give me a great starting point, a great foundation just to start with. Sometimes they're on the perfect track, and sometimes they're way off. And we discover that as they start trying different things. So
0: basically, for the listeners, if they are thinking about picking out their bridal gown, first and foremost, they should start just collecting imagery. I think so. I think it's a great start.
1: And then how else can they prepare for their successful appointment with you? So you wanna be careful about who you bring to the appointment, of course, because that sets the tone for the appointment and for the day. Um, you wanna bring the people that are most important to you, of course, but also the people that are going to have your best interests at heart. So people who Ooh, know you the best. Right. Right, exactly. Like you don't want a yeser. Like you don't want someone to be like, oh yes, that looks great, or that looks,
0: you want someone to be honest. You
1: want someone to be honest, but you also want somebody to Recognize when you love something that if you love it, they'll love it too. Th- those are the people that you kind of want to surround yourself with during these appointments. You need as much support as you can get. It's kind of nerve-wracking when you first try on gowns. Um, a lot of women have, you know, we all have our things about our bodies and our images uh, about ourselves. So it can be helpful to have that nice supportive group with you to say, you know, this looks absolutely fabulous. I can see that you love this. Or, you know, this one's more flattering on you than that one as opposed to being more negative, like, hey, don't like that one, I don't like that one. And you know we wanna bring out the most supportive people with you. Um, the other things brides usually stress about is what to bring to the appointment, and the answer is basically not much because um, you really don't need a bra. You don't need to go buy a special strapless bra or anything like that because I would say 99 out of 100 of the gowns have the support built into the gown, so you don't need to buy anything special. You don't need your shoes because 99 out of 100 gowns are way too long with the shoes anyway. So you have to have them hemmed. You'll be fumbling around with shoes. Um, And shapewear. A lot of brides will bring shapewear. I would say only bring shapewear if you're going to wear shapewear on the day of and you know that you're going to wear shapewear on the day of. If not, I'd rather you try the gowns and see what they offer for structure and support versus wearing shapewear. Absolutely. Uh, kind of off the like off the subject, but just diving right in, How
0: what's the percentage that you see that people who walk in with a picture end up
1: with that gown? I would say it's about 50-50. Oh, really? Yeah, it is about 50-50. Some girls, they, they look at images for, let's say, a whole year. Let's mm-hmm. say they're engaged for a whole year, and they just can't get this one thing out of their mind. Um, but then the other 50%, they have this image, they try it, and they're like, oh, I, I really thought I was going to like that, but... It's not It's not what I expected.
0: I mean, obviously, we all pull off of our own experiences. I know when I was searching uh, for bridal gowns, I had this one picture from this one designer, and I kept calling up all the local boutiques. They just didn't have this one designer. So believe it or not, the closest place was in uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. So I literally flew there. I'm not. I'm not. My mom and I we just happened to plane and we oh, went Oh, I there. believe it. It's oh, a big yeah. deal. It's a big deal, a big right? deal, right? And I tried on this one gown. I had the picture, and um, I didn't end up with it because even though it looked beautiful on the bo- on the model and the advertisement, it was just for someone tall. And anybody who knows me, I'm not even reaching five feet. However, I ended up with the same designer, but there's a different gown because the person like yourself understood my needs understood my love for this designer mm-hmm. said this this might look good on you
1: yeah i would say over the years i have gotten a really good sense of what somebody's looking for so sometimes they'll show me pictures and they're like oh God, I'm all over the place. And I'm like, actually, not really, because I have a good sense of seeing the through line through the pictures. I can say, okay, well, these are different shapes, but you know what? You keep pinning that same applique. You keep pinning the same kind of lace. You keep pinning the same little dainty strap. So usually when they show me pictures, I can see the things that they like about every gown that's sort of, you know, congruent through all the pictures.
0: Well, it makes sense because you're the expert. So you see what you have what's out there and even though they might feel like they're all over the place you do see the 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 similarity and it's the same thing with Dan and I for photography people will show me their Pinterest board and be like I, I get it there's just these all these different pictures I want but it may not be the exact picture that we take but we get the feeling we get that, we, that it's vibe old, I call the vibe. it vibe
1: a lot vibe a lot like I got yes. your vibe I know what you're going for sometimes a bride will try a dress that looks absolutely beautiful on her like and she's torn because wow she loves it looks so beautiful beautiful. But then we realize, you know, it's not the vibe she's headed for, for this day. It's not the vision that she has for this day. For example, you have a beautiful bride come in, beautiful figure. She can wear anything, right? Any shape, anything, anything, any neckline. And her vision is something nice and sleek and fitted. But she puts on this big sparkly ball gown and wow, it's so beautiful and it's so exciting. And oh my God, you never get to wear this. But when you come back down to what it is that you're wishing for that day and that whole like dream that you have imagined for yourself she imagines herself walking down that aisle in the fitted dress Mm -hmm. and so you kind of have to stay true to your heart when it comes to that and also too it kind of goes
0: back down to what you were just talking about in the beginning of making sure you have the people there for your best interest knowing that you know she envisioned herself always in something like x Mm -hmm. and making sure that they stick to that even though something else might look good it's, it's this is the vibe.
1: Exactly. Sometimes your mom will come out. The mom will just come out and say, you know what? That looks beautiful on you, but I think that one is more you. Mm-hmm. And that is the person you want. The person that knows you the best that can say, this feels most like you. And that's what I tell brides the most. You need to pick the dress that is the most like you, the most reflective of your personality. And that is all that matters. It doesn't matter if you're getting married at a VFW hall. It doesn't matter if you're getting married at Ocean Cliff. It doesn't matter. If the dress reflects your personality, your style, and makes you feel confident and beautiful, that's the dress. I have this little game with myself that I play. Um, There's quite a few that
0: I play at weddings. You know, like one of the things that I always tell Dan that we play is that we watch the groom after he gets his ring on his hand. (laughs) We'll watch him twirl, twirl the band, because he's not used to wearing the ring, you know? So I get a kick out of that. I also get a kick out of, like— I'm usually the first person that says, other than whoever's marrying, like, can you stand next to your husband or can you stand next to your wife? Like, I get a kick out of like seeing that expression. The other little game I play is I ask, I say to my couples and my bride, so what dress was this? Like, you know, like I, I, wanna, I wanna play a game and I want to to myself and I wanna, I, I guess, I'm like, okay, this was her first dress she tried on or maybe this was her third. I play this little game and I wanna say, like, I feel. Like 75 to 85% of my couples, it's the first dress. It's true. They try it on, then they'll go away, try on other dresses, and they still come back to that first one. It's true. Yeah. I, and I wonder how much that has to do with them finding things on the rack and also someone like yourself, where you where they walk in, they show you that vibe board, and you're like, ooh, this is going to be looking good it's on It's a you.
1: combination of both. So in my store, which is unlike a lot of stores, I do allow brides and their families to go through the racks. In my experience, I found that that helps because I know my inventory really well, and when they tell me things, I can certainly pull. But sometimes they don't describe to me exactly what's in their head or something draws them that they weren't expecting. I really appreciate it when they kind of go through and something draws them, which maybe I wouldn't have pulled, but I like the opportunity they let them, I like giving them the opportunity to look through. So what I'll do is I'll set up the dressing room with all the gowns that we pick and what I've decided to do over the years is I close the curtains and I say I'd like you to pick whichever gown you would like to first. I don't put any um, pressure on it. I don't say pick the one you like the most. I don't say pick the one you like the least and go up from there. I just say pick whichever gown draws you. I want you to pick whichever one you want. And a lot of times, that is what happens. It's the it's the one that's hanging on there that draws them, and then they come out in that. You know, there's something else that you said that
0: I would like to just kind of touch upon. There's no right or wrong the way that dress shops do, but I want to say I appreciate the fact that you believe in the tangible, the holding, the touching, the feeling, the sorting. I feel like that's a process. I mean, you just got married yourself this past June, and, you know, I've been married for seven years now. But picking out my dress was something i vividly remember it was an experience and um the bridal shops that i went to that allowed me and i didn't go to many i think i went to three uh, because i told you i flew out to pennsylvania and Mm. i was sold there but that was a bridal shop that allowed me to touch feel and go through the racks and i appreciated that and then i started with a local shop here and then i went i did what a lot of people do went to went to kleinfelds i guess you just want to have that experience Um, I walked away from there not picking the gown because I felt like, what else is behind the curtain? What else is behind the curtain? I didn't experience – I didn't – me personally, my type of personality, didn't enjoy that experience. I think some people might because, like, they bring out the gown. So basically for people who haven't been there – You are not allowed to go through the racks. You tell them and they bring things out to you. So I felt like I was always wondering like, well, what else is there? So the fact that people can go to your shop and go through it and they can see what else is there and then they're left to pick out what gravitates is amazing. Yeah,
1: and I'll be honest, I would say 75% of the time, Even if they have the right image or they know what they're looking for, 75% of the time it's my mom and I or myself pulling the gown. And that's merely because we know where stuff is, we know our inventory. It's not because they couldn't find it. It's just because we know where stuff is. No, yeah, I don't think that... that... But I agree with you fully um, that I get the feedback from the brides that appreciate that very much. They appreciate being able to go through the racks.
0: Yeah, like I don't mean that. Like I don't – I didn't pull the gowns. I meant just like went through them. So I think for the listeners listening, if they haven't traveled down the journey quite yet of looking for their bridal gown, if they're not there at their wedding planning or if they are in the midst of it – Just knowing, maybe that's a phone call that they could, like when they called, asking the shops, like, can if they, can I view the gowns? Can I touch them? Can I look at them? Um, Because not every, not every shop. I was surprised to know that. Basically, Mm -hmm. not every shop allows that. Yeah, that's true. You know, so if you know that you're somebody that wants to touch and feel and look, you have the option. And if you also are the type of person that you just want someone to show them to you, they can also do that at your store too. because we do we do a combination. Absolutely. Um so I guess with that said, let's talk a little bit. I'm sure a lot of people right now are thinking trends and what's on the horizon. Can you take our listeners through a journey? Can we talk a little bit about what trends just happened and what you saw and where you're seeing it go?
1: Absolutely, yeah, and this is good timing because I just got back from uh, New Jersey Bridal Market. Um, markets have, have been a little bit different since COVID, so we're you know trying to navigate new kinds of markets and, and choosing gowns, but they'll hopefully get back to normal next year. Uh, what we saw a lot of last year, I feel, is – Bold sequin layers, lots of sparkle with layered sequins underneath lace on the top, more bold in color. So deeper champagnes, deeper nudes, deeper pinkier tones um, and lots of texture last year. So that that's sort of what I see is sort of on the down is is the texture and the, and like the nude colors, the deeper color nudes and the the really sparkle dresses with the sequin layers underneath that, that sequin layer was, um, very popular and prominent, um, and still is, but I feel like that's sort of what we saw last year in almost every style. Mm -hmm. Um, necklines are something that, um, is kind of timeless because you've got spaghetti strap, you've got V-neck, but one of the things that we've seen a lot come back and it's, It's crazy because I saw it come in with the girls in their pictures and it's starting to come back. And then when we went to market, they're getting ready for this trend and it's coming out in the spring. A lot of square necklines. So this trend with like the very, you know, straight up strap and then the square cross neckline is very popular and coming back. So there were quite a few styles at market for spring 2022 that uh, are coming out in a square neckline, and we did choose to have a few into the store. Um, kind of doesn't work for everybody, but it does work for some. So for those listeners, here's a trend that you can
0: kind of pop in on, at least try, yep. is the square neckline. Definitely
1: square neckline. You heard it here first, folks. That's <laughs> coming. It's coming. I swear to you, it's coming. If you haven't seen it already on Pinterest, because I saw I've seen it start to roll roll out but that's coming how about, um, how about
0: um, from waist down what are you seeing right now i mean i know like you know first it was the ball gown then it was the mermaid and then it was the lace and now and, and then it was the layers where are you seeing it going right now so i have
1: to be quite honest with you the the shapes really don't go in and out in my experience mm-hmm. i have girls come in and it's a 50/50 whether or not they're going to do a big huge skirt ball gown or they're going to do something nice and fitted around the hip One of the newer, more modern trends is like a sheath dress, so where it fits around the hip, but then comes straight down. So there isn't that mermaid poof at the bottom, not that severe poof, but more of these crepe fabrics. The other thing that I've seen in the last, let's say, two, three years that is really popular and is still popular, continuing the trend, is to change the linings to jersey. So they used to all be satin, Mm. and they used to be polys or satins, and they were really um, stiff rigid, right? Structured. And I think girls' priorities over the years have shifted. They want comfort more than that old school like satin poly stuff. So um almost all of the gowns now are lined in a jersey fabric.
0: It's so interesting you say that. So two things. One, I've been seeing a lot of pockets. Going back to practicability, like the people just yep. wanna put pockets pockets big deal, yeah. Huge. Like almost every dress I see now has pockets. But it's interesting that you say comfortability because I made a joke the other day with a friend of mine. Um, we we had to go out to an event, and we both somewhat, I guess, somewhat got ourselves situated and dressed up. <laughs> so, and she made a comment like, "This is the first time I'm wearing heels," and you know, x amount of months or some for me it's been a couple of years. But what's interesting in the back of my mind, it, I went, I went there. I said, I wonder. Because all of us are now, some of us are working from home more and, you know, we're not dressing up so much for work. Um, I'm wondering where that was going to take us with the wedding industry. I literally, that's what crossed my mind. I was like, oh, I wonder where that's going to go. And you just just said it. I never thought it would be the material. I thought it was going to be more like dresses would be like more flats which people will wear more flats but it's the material you're saying people want more comfort yeah
1: and i did see the trend start happening even before covid but i'm sure that's going to even ramp it up right because now everybody is more in tune with their comfort side yeah um the flats thing you get mostly girls are more more in tune with their comfort with their you know wanting to wear something comfortable on their feet but then you still get those gorgeous you know oh, Chris- yeah. christian louboutins coming to the store and in or you know the really nice badgely goes with the huge stiletto heel because you just get the girl that just loves them and feels that they want to be special on their wedding day of course but so. also
0: too if you're ever going to wear a red sole you wear it yeah. on your wedding day. well that's the
1: day <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is the day it is the day that you literally can do get away with anything absolutely you can, for sure
0: so we talked a little bit about wedding gown styles and trends um, but talk to us a little bit about what you end up seeing people wear. Like maybe maybe the trend is what they, you, you know, you said something about the neckline today yep. and, and that, you know, so somebody might come in, try that on, but there's still that timeless element. So talk to me a little bit about yeah,
1: that. Yeah, I have to be honest. My mom and I were a little cautious about the, the square neckline because, you know, it's not something that we've seen yet. So we're like, okay, is this going to work on everybody? We do have a couple in the store now. Um, but then we tend to, my mom and I tend to, you know, curate the store's collection in a way that's more classic. That's just our style. So obviously every style we pick in the store has us behind it because we're choosing it. So obviously we're trying to follow trends and we're trying to meet what people are asking for. But at the same time, it's my mom and I's style that's kind of being intertwined within, of course. So um, we tend to be more classic and traditional. And so we will probably take more risks on bordering dresses with the more classic necklines, So that classic V-neck neckline. Um, you know, this, the sweetheart with the spaghetti strap. Um, strapless is always a, a love or hate relationship with girls. Some girls absolutely love strapless. Some girls hate it. Most girls are afraid to try it. Um, but yeah, strapless is still that classic look, of course. So those are the necklines. With, you know, thin spaghetti strap, classic V. Um, very popular, you know, nice V in the front, but also the V in the back. So low backs are, are one of the top things that are asked for. I love this dress. But I just want to make sure it has this really low, intricate back. It's Interesting. really popular. Yeah. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going
0: to come back, and I think we should dive in a little bit about how much does dresses cost, I mean, there's a range. I know that, but we'll talk about a little bit about budget, how it addresses cost. Maybe some we could talk, get into a little bit about alterations, and t- timeframes. Yep, practical. We'll, we'll get into like the practical. That's stuff. big now
1: after COVID. So timeframes are a huge thing.
0: Awesome. All right. To be continued. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarazarella.com. And don't forget, you can actually subscribe to this podcast. Wherever you're listening, so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back, podcast friends. We are here with Laura, and we're going to just kind of just dive right back into it. Laura, can we talk a little bit about... Timeframes. I I know right before the break you mentioned something to me that kind of perked my interest. You said things have changed, so do tell what's happening here. Yeah,
1: so I think brides really should uh, factor in a little bit more time than they would have pre COVID. Um, one of the issues we're seeing is early on when COVID happened. Of course, factories were shutting down. Um, you know, not only factories but also you know U.S. warehouses. Even the people at the you know the regular companies, their staff was down. Um, and then there were like state mandates that you couldn't be you couldn't be at work. I know one particular company, um, the Vail company, they had a mandate like they they would get their water. They, they told me literally their water and heat would shut be shut off if they were caught at work in California. So we we went through that with each company. Now we're seeing it's the carriers. It's the shipping carriers. Oh. So at market a couple weeks ago, one of my biggest companies that we sell, told me that there were 32,000 pieces waiting just to get onto a ship. So it's not that the production is be delayed or backed up. It's that they cannot get them overseas hmm. because they're just waiting for ships to get them. So if you're a listener, what
0: pre-COVID, what was your normal turnaround time for a dress?
1: I would be more comfortable. You know, I know most stores would say a year, but I would have been more comfortable between you know, six to eight months, I would say, oh, yes, we'll get this in. This will be fine. Because with my larger companies, I could get things in between three or four months. And then, of course, you want some time to make sure it comes in and then time to alter with the seamstress. Now I'm literally more at that year, you know, nine months, totally max. Like You don't want to go anywhere uh, beyond nine months before the wedding. Um, and that is because we're seeing dresses take at least six months now, wow. at least six months from the day I order it to the day I get it. Um, and so, and that's kind of across the board. Some companies are smaller and they can get things to me a little sooner, um, but everything is delayed. One of my companies just added a surcharge now to every single dress ordered because they can't get the shipping carriers. They um, they have to fly everything in. Wow. So that's, that's not only making the time frames longer, but unfortunately it's driving up the costs a bit as well. So, And I'm sure people are seeing this in every you know, aspect of the economy, not just bridal. Um, but it's, it's been a roller coaster, it has. Um, have I not gotten a dress in time for a bride? No, which I'm proud to say, no. That's an accomplishment. It is, but I'll also be very, very Because you're clear. probably honest with that. I'm yeah. very honest. Like, if somebody's getting married soon and there's one company that I just don't think will make it, I'll say, I don't think this is your company. Mm-hmm. I really think that you're better off looking at this, this, and this. Um, this one isn't your company. Now, this one, I can check stock. Is it in stock in the South or in Canada? I can get it within two weeks. You know, so I do, when girls come in on a time crunch, which happened a lot during COVID, mm-hmm. um, because either they decided to go ahead Right. So things started to get a little better. We're going to go ahead. Um, And they needed something. They need to get married in two months. Then I would be very specific. Okay, you need something off the rack or I need to be, you know, in real time checking inventory through these companies to see if they're in stock. Can they ship to me in the U.S. within two weeks? How about alterations? What are you seeing with that? So alterations, what I'm seeing, again, post-COVID is that they the seamstresses have just not gotten through the tsunami after COVID. So everybody postponed their weddings, um, and they all sort of inundated 2021 and 22, and the seamstresses in my opinion, are so overbooked at the moment that it's hard to keep their heads above water. And that is because they're just getting so many more in one short time frame versus, you know, all of those 2020 brides that would have been in the year 2020. So they don't, I don't think that tsunami will level out for at least a year or two. Um, As far as their works, I have one seamstress that's booked out all the way through January. It's unbelievable. So um, that's a, that's a concern. So that's why you like you really don't want to push it past nine months because you want to give yourself that three four month leeway to alter that dress and make sure a seamstress can see you. You know, I, I wonder. you brought up, It's just it's just interesting.
0: Every person I talk to in this wedding industry, we're affected from COVID, past like 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 post COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't know. You mentioned like it oh, probably will even out a year or two. I don't know. Yeah. Because you know, I know for us. I mean, I'm booked. Dan and I are booked. We're yeah. booked solid for this year, and then if we're booked, other photographers are booked. So you know, and then and then venues are booked. So then you know, they're pushing it back another year, and then another. And you can't stop people from falling in love. No, so, you know, it's one of
1: those things. It's a great <laughs> industry to be in, guys, because it's one of those things. I think people will always get married. It's it's a sacrament. It's a tradition. It's a it's a coming of age. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's something that's very important. It has been for thousands and thousands of years. So, I don't see that s- slowing down at all. So you, you might be right about that.
0: I know, right? So I'm so I'm just wondering when's this tsunami gonna stop? Because it's know. rolling. Well, I'm not complaining.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's busy, but I can't complain about how busy we are. So,
0: I got a question for you. Talking about you know the wedding and 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 the tsunami that inundated and people falling in love uh, how important is the dress and, and, and do you feel in and and what what in the grand scheme of, of the wedding how do you how, how do you feel the dress stands so i
1: say this to my girls and i always put a disclaimer in front of it with um, you know i it probably sounds like i'm saying this because i'm trying to sell you a dress or it probably sounds like i'm saying this cuz this is what i do for a living etc but in my opinion and i just went through this i got married myself in june um In my opinion, it is really important. It is one of the top priorities. And here's the reasons why. When you look back at your photos, again, photos, not another thing you want to skimp on. Photos are top priority because what do you look back at for the rest of your life? You look back at your photos, but more so, you look back at the photos of you standing next to your husband or your wife. So it's you wearing what you were wearing that day. And that's what you're looking back at. It's not so often that you're looking back and reminiscing over the centerpieces. It's not so often that you're looking back and analyzing the tables and the napkins, um, even the wedding cake. You know, those are things that are beautiful additions to the wedding and they make the day perfect. But it's not, in my opinion, the most important. How you walk out and how you feel and how you move and how you dance, that, that's a lot about what you're wearing. And so, to me, it's it's top priority. Out of curiosity, what did you? What designer did you wear? So I wore. and I get all excited talking about it. I mean, so <laughs> I, I, I have such an emotional attachment to my dress. It's still hanging in the store in a white bag. I can't let it go to go get cleaned or anything. Um, and and that's what I always tell my brides like. It's so important. You have to have that emotional attachment to you, to it because it is the most important piece of clothing you will ever wear. It is. So when you when you saw your dress, did you know it was yours? I did. So okay. uh, mine is a funny story because we were working and okay. I wasn't engaged, but I have been with my husband for 13 years. So at the time we had been together 10 years, and he waited till the 11th year to propose. That's a whole other story. Uh, we love him, um, but uh, on that 10th year of being with him, we were working in New York City at a smaller boutique. Um, like a smaller boutique bridal show, not mm-hmm. those huge warehouse ones. And they rent suites in these hotels and you kind of go up and down the elevators and you find the suites through the hotel. It's kind of fun. And we walked into this suite and on the rack there was just these beautiful this beautiful collection of gowns in the fabrics I always dreamed about, in the shapes and the structures that I always dreamed about. And then off to the right there was one hanging on the door frame, kind of up on the door frame. And it was a specific pattern that I had never seen before. But it was the silk I always wanted and the big, huge, dramatic bow. And my mother goes, can you just try that on? I was like, you're crazy. I'm not even engaged. But the model happened to be like on a break. So I put it on. I put it on in the room. And um, I actually took that dress right off the model's back. So my seamstress had to redo the inside of it because it was altered for her. Um, but it, it's, uh, it's an Antonio Riva. It was made in Italy, and um, it, it is so incredibly special to me. That it, to me, it was it was definitely the right choice, the right dress. I was so connected to it. My my dress is from Italy too. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm Italian, and that's part of my heritage. So that also played a factor in me loving it as much as I do, of course. But
0: it's funny. I, I me being Italian also. I I I just I I told you I I liked the picture, but it wasn't. Wasn't because there was an Italian designer, but it found that I kept gravitating to mm-hmm. the Italian designers because of the silk. What
1: they, what they, what mine what, is silk, yeah, yeah. So it, the type
0: of silk exactly. that they made, the over more there.
1: classic, high quality silks. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm drawn to, and the architectural builds of these gowns, um, is what drew me to this particular designer. That's uh,
0: the same thing with my dress. It yep. was the architectural exactly. design. It was a, it, It's um, I'm I, I'm gonna have to see a picture yeah, of your dress. Of course, <laughs> of I have them.
1: Um, and so. You know, a lot of people ask me, oh, was it so hard to choose your dress because you see them so much? And I was like, actually, no, because I've seen so many dresses that when I saw this one, I was like, that's something special. Mm-hmm. That's something unique. I mean, the color of it is unique, etc. cetera. Um, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not for everybody, but it was so perfect. It was so me.
0: Well, it goes back down to what we were just talking about earlier mm-hmm. is that it, ultimately
1: something could look nice on you, but it has to be you. Right. And- it's, it's right because – You know, I felt more pressure in this because I do what I do, Mm -hmm. right? So people are like, oh, God, what is she going to come out in? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, but at the same time, I've always been that kind of clean, classic, more along the lines of like Jackie Kennedy type look. And so I needed to be true to myself, but I needed a little twist. And when I saw this gown, that's what so it, it, it uh, wow, I really need to see it because now, because <laughs> what
0: happened, when my, my dress was very clean, very classic. Yeah. I purposely did that because I didn't want it to come in and out of the, with the trend. Yep but it had a detachable train. Nice. And so, and, and that detachable train had a, um, a, a structured bow and a statement piece on it. So I, I really have to see your dress. Yeah. Maybe what we'll do for the listeners is um, obviously for the people who follow my show and they know that I have show notes on the blog so I'll talk about your show and the notes, I'll have to get your
1: wedding picture. Sure. your picture I would love that. on
0: there so people can see what you did. I would
1: love it. I just got them back too. I would Yay.
0: Love that. Okay, I would love perfect. That. So we'll do that. Um, I will put a picture of your dress. Like you said, it's not for everybody, but it was for you. And this is your statement piece Yeah, that's still hanging in the bag in your shop.
1: (laughs) I can't let it go.
0: (laughs) Can you talk to us a little bit about the the bridal, uh, how how the bridal has
1: changed over the years? Um, One of the things I see the most, I think, is the comfort. So the priorities are more about comfort, um, about doing something that's... um, a little softer, a little less cumbersome, not huge trains, not uh, tons of fabric. Um, so that's what I'm seeing. Um, in the industry, the industry in my opinion has stayed quite strong. We do the same thing every mar- every bridal market and you get new s- designers, new trends. Um, you see sort of a lot of the saturation of the same companies. Um, Ukraine is starting to come to the forefront See those a lot in bridal markets. Um, Israel's big, Italy and Paris as well. And our American company, Allure Bridals, that's a big, big company that packs a punch. Good. and sticks with trends and everything. Love but, the um, USA stuff. Yeah, of course. Uh, but if, as far as the industry goes, um, I have to say I'm proud of the companies and the stores for getting through what we got through. You know,
0: how about do you still see people? doing like an outfit change
1: you know so no not as often people ask me oh my god people going to come in here and get five dresses and I'm like no the answer is not really no um I will as a store owner you would think I would you know encourage people yeah I'll sell you two dresses but um I encourage people to fall in love with the dress that that they want to stay in for the whole night just fall madly in love with one piece and feel so connected to it the way that I did and stick with that dress because you got how many hours? Six, oh, eight hours? Six, eight hours. You know, when you spend that kind of money on a dress, you want to really get, you know, its worth out of it. But feel that special in that perfect dress. Now, what I do see and what I did towards the end of the night, if you're about to leave your venue, sometimes you go downtown, go to a bar or whatever, a little after party. That's more common for someone to change into like, I think, you know, years and years ago. A going away outfit Mm -hmm. was much more common and popular. But when you get the brides that are wearing stuff that's more comfortable, it's not necessary. So with my massive silk ball gown, I felt it was necessary for me to go into downtown Newport with something a little sleeker. So I did a change, but not until about 8.30.
0: What about trends for... Do you do any hair pieces, veils? Because you you said you deal with all things bridal.
1: Um, We do. Okay. So um, the veil trend's kind of coming out. So... Come in and out. Um, I would say, you know, as far as veil lengths, I'm sure when in your photography you see cathedral length veils, but also fingertip length veils. They're 50-50, but I'm seeing, um, oddly enough, the blusher come back.
0: Oh, my God. So listen. <laughs> yeah. So listen. It's funny you say that. You took the words out of my mouth. So when I, when I got married, I had a blusher and it was not trending but there's something i'll tell you why i did it i did it for the experience there is something so dramatic oh, yeah. about watching a girl round the corner come down with the blush and then the reveal i did it i love it i i i, I honestly when i got married i don't think anybody did? I mean, I hope, so, of course I did, but this I, is crazy. I'm so excited to hear that the blusher's coming I back. I did it, too.
1: I'm, I did it, too. So my, I'm like, Mom, you're crazy. My mom's like, please do it. Please do it. Please wear the blusher. And I'm like, Mom, you're crazy. Let me tell you, because that video of me coming in down the aisle, that is dramatic, especially when your dress doesn't have any, like mine had no sparkles, no lace, nothing. So you kind of can dramatize your accessories when your dress is plainer. Um, and I agree with you fully. It is so dramatic and so timeless. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's coming back. So just in the last six months I think I ordered like four or five custom blushers. So most of the veil samples that come into the store, because they're not popular they don't come in with the blushers. They just have the piece in the back. But any single one of my veils can be custom ordered with a custom blusher, no problem. That's so funny because I gotta tell you I have always been a sucker for the
0: blusher, okay? Just, I've always loved it. Yeah. I knew, I knew when I was going to get married, I was going to do it. I just love it. I love photographing it. I love the reveal. Um, And a lot of times, no, then I started seeing the trends where the veil was being made without it because people weren't using it. Uh, but a lot of the times I would have veils that would have it and I would t- put it over, just take a picture. And the girl's like, oh, no, no, I'm not using it. I'm like, but we're going to do it for a picture. And you'll be happy. And you'll be happy. <laughs> and it's funny because I always get the emails, Sarah, thank you so much for like having me use yeah. my blush- my blusher. I love that picture, yeah. even though I didn't use it at the ceremony. So yeah. love hearing that.
1: So funny that you see that you, they used to, that you saw them keep it because most of my samples don't come with it.
0: Don't. No, so what I was saying is that most of them, most of the veils were not having it. Every now and then. Oh, I, had, and, oh, yes, okay, I got it. Every now and then. And then, I, then you'd be like, yes, her yes, sure, Do I, it. <laughs> and do it. And they're like, but but I'm not using it. I'm like, but yeah. you are right now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. Most of the samples had it cut out. So it's for yeah. here that it was coming back. Mm, it is slightly. Um, I mean, for my veil, I actually, I actually made my veil. Uh, it's weird. I, I just took a veil and put a bobby pin in it and I just had it down. Like nice. I just, because I wanted it just to be super simple. Yep. So I just took the veil, cut it. I mean, I mean, I had a seamstress to it, but what I'm saying mm-hmm. is, it didn't. The whole thing was uh, a blusher, and then it just came back up. Yep. But um. Anyway. I'm I'm happy to hear that the blushers coming back. What about what's other hair
1: pieces or accessories? Is the birdcage coming back at all? Because occasionally get the birdcage. That happened a little bit more often during COVID. Really? Because people are doing little ceremonies. They yes. would go into the courthouse. Those are kind of courthousey type uh, trendy things to mm-hmm. do there. Um, they're not as popular. I don't sell a lot of those. Huh? We do have some to offer. Um, but I would say if you're going to go a little simpler on the veil, but you want a veil, the fingertips are, are very popular. Ooh, so you yes. just put them right in the back of the head, wherever, you know, where, if you do a bun, if you do half up, down, whatever you want. And they just kind of place it right in the back, and they just kind of fall in the back of the bride. And they just say, hey, I'm a bride. They're yeah. not like, you know, anything crazy. Um, but they make them plain, and they make them with beading, they make them with lace, all kinds of things.
0: You know, being a photographer, I'm a sucker for the Cathedral Veil. Uh, I love them, too. I, I love them. I mean, I when I got married, I opted out of that. Um, but I can tell you, as a photographer, for anybody who's listening, if you are looking for some dramatic imagery, and also, too, not just imagery, a dramatic wow effect when you're walking down that aisle, the cathedral veil does it. I agree. Um,
1: also, from the pictures from behind, as the bride walks towards the altar.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I do have to say, it's probably one of the most annoying things, practical, practical like oh, for, for, sure. for a bride. Like, for sure. I find the brides cannot wait to take that out. Sure. So, if you're gonna have that, you have to maybe rethink what you're gonna put in or what you're gonna do afterwards, but it is
1: like timeless. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Let's talk about price. Sure. So, our store does a collection of off the rack dresses, um, as I think most stores do. And um, those dresses can be a little bit more reasonably priced. I would say somewhere between, on average, 400 to $1,200. Um, and that is because those are discontinued. They are not used or consigned. They just uh, get discontinued by the designers. And the designers discontinue... Um, a series of gowns every fall and every spring, every year. So um, it doesn't mean that the dress is not doing well or out of style. It just means sometimes, okay, the manufacturer's not making this lace anymore, discontinued. Um, So we have quite a, a big selection of those, which are beautiful gowns. And at Spark Bridal, we take very much care of our dresses. So when you come in, you try off the rack gowns, they're not going to be falling apart, beads missing, straps broken. We, we wouldn't put stuff like that on the floor. We think that even if you're going to buy an off the rack gown, it should be a beautiful designer gown. Um, but of course they can be discounted because they're no longer current. You're not ordering a brand new piece for yourself. Um, in those cases, you're going to get a better bang for your buck. Um, But there's a little limitations, right? So if the sample that they have that's discontinued is champagne, but you would have preferred ivory, you can't do it. You can't change the color. Um, And also you have to get as close to your size as possible because if it's a size 16 and you're a size 4, we can't do that either. You can alter, obviously, to a degree, but that's a little far um, we have another se- selection of the store, which is special order. And I would say those gowns range between anywhere between 975 and $3,200. Um, so we actually keep things quite reasonable at my store, in my location. We feel that that's a good price point to hit for our area. Um, don't need to go outrageous, but we're very specific about what we choose to put in the store, that they're high quality and that they, you know, we offer that nice range for girls who are looking a lot of times people say I want to be around a thousand we got you we got you covered um and then you've got the girl with the budget that's you know she could do up to four thousand and we find her something for 32 she's super happy um but yeah I think we do offer a nice selection of both ranges awesome
0: okay Laura so for our wrap up question What are some key points that brides should be asking bridal boutiques when they are inquiring to make sure that they have the ideal experience when looking for their perfect
1: bridal gown? So I really do think it's important to, you know, do your research, look at the store's reviews, look at the store's website, see if the store has the vibe that you're looking for. Many uh, stores, Websites will have pictures of the inside of the boutique. Does it look like something you're going to be really welcomed in? Does it look welcoming? Um, who are your consultants? That kind of thing. I think maybe you would want to ask, You know, when you meet your consultant, are you going to have a one-on-one experience? Is it just going to be you know personalized and that consultant is just working with you one-on-one or will they have multiple other brides and does that bother you? Um, I think also you should maybe inquire about price range of that particular store. Does that store offer the kind of price range that you are looking for? Um, also, it's a good thing to let that consultant know right up front what your budget is going to be. Um, and I do think that it's important to make sure you know, with COVID, what the store's guidelines are so that when you walk in, you know what you're expecting. So is there a limit on how many people you can bring? Make sure you're picking the right people to bring with you. Um, Will you be wearing a mask? Will you not be wearing a mask? I mean, we went through this last year. There's kind of variations of this now that people are vaccinated, but stores are using their own discretion there. So maybe, you know, inquiring about what to expect there. Um, But I think the most important thing is, is, really trying to make sure that that store is going to fit the experience you're hoping for. And usually that's about, you know, personalized one-on-one attention. Perfect. So time frame also? Um, t- Like I said, COVID is, is pushing time frames a little farther. So I would say a very safe point is to order your gown 12 months in advance. So making an appointment about 12 months before your wedding would be really, great even a year and a half isn't outrageous and i would say the really really cut off time is that nine month mark so the
0: three points would be time frame price range and checking out the pictures online and make sure the vibe of the the store the personal experience for
1: sure what you're going to get when you walk in
0: awesome well thank you so much laura for joining me on this week's episode of wedding secrets unveiled you helped our listeners become one step closer to their journey of a stress-free wedding planning. Can you tell everyone where they could find
1: you? Yes, absolutely. So we do have a website, sparkbridal.com. We have an Instagram, sparkbridal is the handle at sparkbridal. We have a Facebook, Spark Bridal boutique, and um, our location is actually in Cranston at 1591 Cranston Street. So, uh, and also our phone number is 401-464. 4,000. So you can reach me any way you'd like. Awesome.
0: So for our listeners, as always, we will have Laura's information on our episode show notes. You can find it on our blog and our webpage at sarazarellacom backslash podcast. Thanks so much, Laura, for joining us. Thank you
1: so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarazarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.